0: You damn right. Hope your July's off to a good start. We are back to full power. We hope you are as well, although sometimes it takes a couple days after the 4th to get to feeling normal again. We hope you got a couple days off just like we did. We are back at it on a busy Wednesday here on July 5th and... Isaiah's back in the house. You know we're going to talk about some of what he was doing last week. Plus, there's some recruiting to get to. Lots of it as the verbal commitments continue to roll in. Texas had a big weekend. We'll also talk NBA free agency. Things can become official tomorrow. We'll talk about some of those names that are still out there and where they could end up. Let's jump right in. It's Chad and Zay back at Full Power on a Wednesday. I am Chad Hastings, and he is back from his honeymoon. Tant rested and ready, Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay?
1: Yeah, I might have got a couple of shades darker, but it's cool. Feeling good, feeling great. Chad, how are you?
0: Man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You walked in looking pretty rested, but from what you tell me, the uh, the honeymoon did punch back a oh, little bit on you.
1: Oh, Mayco whooped my ass a little bit. <laughs> Had a beautiful time. Lovely wife. She was incredible. It was great. Love Cancun. Love the resort. Glad to be back. But y'all know I don't do much drinking. Right. Did a little bit down there. Got back. Your boy's still feeling it. <laughs> it's been about five days since I've been back. Still feeling it, but it's all good. Glad to be back, ready to roll. All
0: right, I don't know if it makes you feel any better, but I'm guessing you are not the first, nor will you be the last person to say, I'm not much of a drinker when you get to Cancun, but you leave Cancun, not exactly th- that exact thing.
1: Oh, I was hype. Yeah. I'm was. i turning up, <laughs> your boy drinking, I have frozen drinks, daiquiris, pina Ooh, coladas, oh. all of it, no, all of
0: it. It's dangerous stuff. See, that all looks so good, and it's pre-mixed a lot of times, but it depends on who's making it, and you're in Cancun, too. So when they're giving you pina colada, you know, Mai Tais and rum runners and all that kind of stuff, usually it's it's pretty strong.
1: Exactly, and I'm like, you know what? I'm from Texas, been there my whole life. This heat ain't nothing. Even though the sun's a little bit closer up there, this heat ain't Mm, nothing. That's a lie. Mm -hmm. That's a lie. Then the homie Felipe, who we always went to, that was our bartender, you know, when it's all-inclusive, you try to get your money's worth. Like, that's that's the biggest thing for me. Like, we pay the mm-hmm. grip, so I'm going to try to get my money's worth, and I definitely did. You're still feeling it now.
0: Drink math in your head and <laughs> stuff. That's a dangerous way to go about it. It's the way I go about it. I I'm with you. I'm that way, too. I want to get my money's worth. So those can be dangerous times. That's not like getting, you know, some frozen drink mixed up. You know, just from random place in Texas. right. That's not like going into some daiquiri place in a mall or some daiquiri place in Houston. You know, all respect to them. They're making a decent daiquiri, I'm sure. They're not mixing it like they do in Cancun. it's a different game. (laughs) It's a a different world, different world. Well, I'm glad y'all had a great time. I'm sure we will hear some stories uh, here and there from the, the trip to Cancun. If a lot of you maybe just got back off a trip, maybe you did exactly what Zay Uh, what Bucky, what Craig way, and Craig did it a whole different way, but also what uh, Mike Hards did last week. Take that week, then get the Monday and Tuesday if the bosses are nice enough, and thanks again to the bosses for being nice enough. So maybe you've had a little time off and uh, you're back refreshed and ready. We'll try to get you caught up on the world of sports. There's been a lot going on. We'll hit a lot of recruiting. There's some NBA. I definitely want to get Zay's thoughts on the NBA stuff, the moves that did and the moves that have yet to happen um, since he's been on the show last. So we will get to all of that. And remember, if you want to jump in, the Specs text line is 337-3776. But, uh, Isaiah, there's good news for you, I think, on certainly one big front as a Texas fan. First off, as you come back, we have now ducked under 60 days till that first Longhorn football game. 59 days till Texas plays Rice. We are one week away. From Big 12 Media Days, our day up in Arlington is going to be the day Texas is there. Wednesday the 12th. It runs the 12th and 13th. We'll certainly be talking about it on the Thursday. But we will be up there for Light the Tower, for our show, and for Ball Don't Lie on Wednesday. Hoping to bring you some great interviews and thoughts and coaches and players and commissioners and all kinds of stuff. All kinds of folks that will be up there in Arlington. So we're closing in on that and we'll be giving you more info on it. But we are also going through this time where Texas and a lot of teams are adding commitments to their 24 recruiting class. And at the point when Zay went off on his honeymoon, the Longhorns had added an offensive lineman, or excuse me, they had added a running back in Christian Clark, and since then they have added Jarrett Gibson, the running back from Florida, couple of offensive linemen in Nate Kibble and Daniel Cruz. And that's where it sat going into last weekend. But if you were listening on Friday, when we had Jeff Ketchum on from orangebloods.com, we do it Fridays, usually around 2 o'clock. And Ketch said, Hey, I'm not going to, you know, the kids, are, I'm not going to take it away from the kids. Get, they're going to let you know. But he said, I think there'll be three of them tomorrow. I'm like, oh, okay. Three on a Saturday. And he was right. Three guys on July 1st. One of them, speaking of the first, is Alex January, big D tackle out of Duncanville, six five three twenty. Hello, big human. Uh, then you've got Jordan Johnson Rubel, great name, defensive back out of Florida. He commits on Saturday. Parker Livingstone, a wide receiver out of Lucas Lovejoy, he commits on Saturday. And then yesterday, as a little 4th of July present for the Longhorn fans, Jordan Washington, a tight end we'd been talking about a little bit from Langham Creek, he ends up uh, committing to Texas. He was the guy we had talked about that was trying to decide between – it had kind of boiled down to Texas, Texas A&M, and Alabama. So if you're a Longhorn fan winning that battle with those two schools – probably important to you. So, Zay, the list is up to 12 now for the 2024 class, and I think some key positions uh, for Sark that he's been able to get here.
1: Yeah, it's big time. You know, you got to start bringing guys in. The 2024 class is looking like it could be pretty stacked. The name that jumps out to me, Chad, is the Alex January defensive lineman out of Duncanville because him signing, even though he's a big-time four-star player, his teammate. Colin Simmons, who everybody and their mama wants out of Duncanville. So when you got a couple of guys at the same school being recruited by the same collegiate schools – That's always a big deal because, again, you want to go somewhere where it's comfortable. So if I see my homie, which most likely if Colin Simmons came, those guys would probably be roommates. If you're Steve Sarkeesian, you want to make those guys as comfortable as possible. Mm -hmm. So if I'm Alex January, yo, man, I'm talking to Colin Simmons every day like, yo, Mm bro, you've been down here. You've taken numerous trips to the 40 acres. You know why I commit. I get it you being the big-time five-star, you kind of have a lot more to dabble with when it comes to being recruited by all these schools and stuff, but still, that Alex January commitment, that is absolutely huge, especially if you want somebody like Colin Simmons.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of layers on that Colin Simmons thing we've talked about. Texas has never, you know, not never, but certainly recently has not had massive claws into the Dallas realm, into Duncanville and into the Dallas area. That would be big uh, for so many reasons, but the fact That Simmons is a big dog five star. It's down to a lot of people think it's down to Texas and LSU. And then the other interesting little detail is that Simmons has been to Texas more recently, and then LSU is going to wait and supposedly have that official visit in November. That they're willing to wait that long Mm. and let him have that last. That last run, that last say during the season, maybe, you know, get him in. I'm sure try to get him in for a home weekend and show him Tiger Stadium and everything. But everything I'm reading right now, Zay, from the insiders is that if everybody had to lean, the Texas insiders and the LSU insiders, if they all had to lean right now, I think they'd all lean Texas.
1: And I'm with that. I mean, it's your home state, just right up the road. Like, why not? You see what Steve Sarkeesian is building down here. It's something that's going to be special and this is a huge season 2023 last year in the Big 12 we'll be down there next week in Dallas for Big 12 media days just kind of getting the feel out how Texas is going to be treated in this last year with the new four teams coming in and you know going to the SEC why wouldn't you want to be a part of that so yeah I know LSU Brian Kelly they're doing their thing down in Baton Rouge and they had a really good year last year in Brian Kelly's first year but man it's just University of Texas, when you're from this home state, it just means a little bit more. And hopefully that, you know, goes into Colin Simmons' decision on to maybe committing here. But I'll tell you one thing, Chad. We saw some Baton Rouge folks up in uh, Cancun this past weekend. Yeah. Damn, they annoying. That's R- an annoying group of people. Really? They were fresh off the College World Series win. Mm, Talk about yeah. drunk. Talk about wilding out, accents and all. I am like, what you talking about, bro? Dude talking to me, talking crazy, telling me how Quinn Yours is overrated and stuff like that. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm just waiting in line trying to get my pina Kalala, dog. I ain't <laughs> trying to hear none of that. I get it. You're hype about winning the College World Series. Uh-huh. You're hype about winning the Women's Basketball Championship of Angel Reese and stuff. Cool, but... Yo, get out my face with all that BS. I see why they run all those Jell-O Shot Awards uh, over there in Omaha. A little fired they, up. I see, yeah, they're yes. a little fired up. That's uh-huh. a different crew. You've told me they're
0: I'm, different. I'm telling you, when man. I,
1: yo, all they wore was LSU stuff the whole trip in Cancun. LSU uh, Hawaiian shirts and stuff like that. Like, damn, bro. <laughs> you can't change it up. They got like purple and gold,
0: purple and gold Hawaiian hats and stuff.
1: His woman was talking mess too, talking about, ah, yeah, Arch Manning. I don't think he's gonna be anything. I'm like, dog, what? Look at that. Look, I'm on my honeymoon. I ain't trying to fight nobody. (laughs) That'd be really embarrassing if we got kicked out of this resort because Zay Collier was out here fighting folks on this uh, uh, LSU Texas rivalry that they're trying to make happen. But yo, damn, those folks, they different. So I can't wait to go to Death Valley in upcoming years. But man, like Colin Simmons, I get why those people, like those people will ride for you and die for you. Mm -hmm. It's a different atmosphere out there. So I could see why Colin Simmons is kind of, you know, trying to figure things out with, man, should I go LSU or Texas? I get it. I completely get it. They're flat out bat ish crazy. But I get it.
0: Yeah, it's a different place. And that's why, you know, the the folks that have been there will tell you about that atmosphere. And I remember reading in Shaq's Shaq's autobiography that once they brought him in and they had him in for a visit and they took him to Tiger Stadium and they orchestrated it to where the entire stadium like cheered when his name was announced. Like they announced that Shaq was there and the place just popped. And then Shaq said, that was it. That was it. There was nowhere else I was going to go. Yeah. So, yeah, the the feeling all that behind it. It's interesting, though. Um, And I I could understand it, I guess, to take that fan base and then put this, this success that they've just had. I didn't realize. I didn't look it up. I didn't think to. But this is the first time any school, any D1 school, has ever won the baseball championship and either of the basketball titles in the same year. Nobody's ever done that. Now LSU's done it. Mm. Plus, they're, you know, they're still feeling, I mean, you know, still feeling a little bit of that energy from the Burrow team. And now they're trying to figure out what Brian Kelly can do. So uh, interesting that you ran into some uh, some LSU folks. By the could way, couldn't miss them. Couldn't could miss them. Yeah, wearing they're wearing
1: the purple and gold and stuff the whole time. You couldn't miss them, folks.
0: Yeah, they're not subtle. No subtlety is not one thing that they do
1: really well. Harsh man, I can't overrated. I'm like, what are you talking about,
0: dog? You're going to get the Cajun to English dictionary, Between now and when you enter the SEC, dude, I'm Barrow,
1: Barter, Like, damn man, I'm happy you just afforded this place.
0: Did you see anybody with a gator bite? Anybody show you their gator bite? No, I can see that. Yeah, I got shown a gator bite at the first one of the first tailgates we ever went to in Baton Rouge. <laughs> was, and that was like, man, that's legit. And the dude was stirring the gumbo with a boat oar. I'm like, all right, all right, Yo, this, is, this is a different level. It's a different type of country. Here's a different kind of level too, Zay, our man Chris Bennett uh says you know tells you that to they welcomes you back, hope you had a great time. Thanks, CB. But he also is asking uh did Zay not come back looking uh looking like Malik Murphy? Well, maybe not exactly like that. Have Yo, you seen I... have you seen the picture of your quarterbacks yet?
1: Yo, man. Them boys yoked out here. Arch, Malik, Quinn, Charles Wright was even swolled up. I was impressed. Very impressed. Yeah. That's a swole-ass quarterback room C Sarkeesian has there.
0: Nobody missed arm or ab day. Yeah. In the Longhorn quarterback room. Yeah. Yo.
1: Peyton and Eli ain't look like that.
0: No, no, they did not. And uh, shout-out once again to Jeff Ketchum of OrangeBloods.com, who made the best analogy I've heard of that picture yet, comparing each of them to a Von Erich brother. It was fantastic. Uh, and go check him out on social media for that and exactly who, who was which which uh, Von Eric brother, but I thought that was good. Yeah, Malik Murphy, we already knew he was impressive, but... He was, I mean, I really thought they all had, like you said, I thought they all had their arguments for it. If I'm a Texas fan, I really like what I'm seeing out of Quinn Ewers just all the way around. It's not just about a haircut with him, there's just been a a whole remake. And seeing that picture would make me feel pretty good if I'm a fan. Clearly, he's been dealing dealing with those details, getting in the weight room, making sure things are taken care of. And obviously, they all look uh, look like they're in pretty good shape.
1: 2022 was very up and down for Quinn yours. I mean, we saw early the potential. He gets knocked out in the Alabama game. And I, that set him back a lot, man. Just, you know, you can't discount the PTSD that a young guy has who's had a lot of injuries throughout his career going back to the South Lake Carroll days when he had the hernia stuff like the guy hasn't played a full season in a hot minute so you're already a freshman you're already dealing with all the bumps and bruises that you organically have to go through as a freshman being you know a collegiate quarterback from a big time power five school like the University of Texas and now you get injured and you want to bring back with a lot of talent around you like you got the best running back in your backfield there's a lot of pressure that went with Quinn Ewers last year and did he live up to it not so much did he show flashes of stardom absolutely can he still be that first round pick in the 2024 draft absolutely but he knew there were things that he had to clean up and what we've seen thus far he's done all the right things from talking about him just being you know thinking that it was easy And coming back with a new mentality like, yo, bruh, it ain't this easy. Like, I got to get back to my mechanics. I can't just use my, you know, beautiful arm that everybody knows and loves, the Aaron Rodgers comparisons and stuff. No, like, I have to really be locked in to film. I got to be locked into every single mechanic from, you know, just not stepping into his throws, just little things, you know, just focusing on Xavier Worthy maybe too much and not realizing that you've got other wide receivers on the field that might be open. Just so all those things you've seen in this offseason, Quinn, yours, has came back and he showed us that he can get better and he's taking it seriously. And you see what he's looking like in the weight room. And as you mentioned, Chad, it's not just the haircut. It's just the full mentality. And that gives the whole roster, offense and defense and this coaching staff, a lot of confidence, the confidence that you need to win a Big 12 championship on your way out to the SEC.
0: Before we hit this break, Zay, did you happen to catch which Texas players are going to Big 12 media days? Catch that announcement? Uh, I, suppose, did I say Jontae Cook there. Not Jontae Cook. That was my wish. I saw. Oh, that I was saw like my a wish. picture
1: come out, and I'm like, "Why would he be there? It
0: didn't make any sense." That's what I wanted. Uh, Quinn Ewers will be there. Uh, Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, and Jordan Whittington on the offensive side, and then Jalen Ford and Jade Barron defensive.
1: Yo, if we we gotta, I hope we can interview Jordan Whittington on Wednesday because I gotta ask him about the Buffs the Cartier glasses that he's been rocking, like I've been seeing mm-hmm. on social media, that's a big deal. Like he's spending some serious paper on some sunglasses. Oh, really? I don't know if NIL obviously is, you know, taking care of him because them ain't cheap, but that's a different look. That's like a Detroit thing, which I'm big in the Detroit culture from the BMF days. You Does know, he have a deal with the stuff. sunglass company, though? I, I don't know. Okay, but It's clean, though. Yeah? It's clean for somebody that's a sunglasses cool. fanatic. Them, I would all, I would love to have some buffs. I don't think I could pull them off, though, but I feel you, young man. You rocking the buffs. It's going to be a huge year for Jordan Winnington. He came back for a reason. He didn't get the looks that he should have gotten last year. A lot of that due to Quinn Ewers just mm-hmm. looking too much to Xavier Wordy, which Steve Sarkeesian, you should get some blame, too, for that. But with that wide receiver room being as deep as it is, Jordan Winnington he might be forgotten at times, which is very scary for the entire nation.
0: It's interesting to think, and we talked about it when it was announced, but Sarkeesian, Ewers, and Worthy are now all going to be at Big 12 Media Days, so let the questions commence. They'll all be there. The guy that yeah. called the plays, the quarterback that could sometimes could, sometimes couldn't make the connection, and the receiver uh, that didn't always make the catches he wanted to make, and obviously there's Sark probably at being asked about that hand injury with Worthy and all those things. So how those three guys deal with it will be interesting to see. Those were the five that were announced if you uh, maybe were away from things and missed it last week. We'll continue to talk Texas. The big recruiting weekend for Texas got up to 12 in that 2024 class.
1: Um, I'm already seeing it on the Specs text line. People are asking me, Zay, what do you think about Jalen Green and Josh Christopher? I'm not trying to get kicked off air the first time I get back on from my vacation. Let me just say... They were wilding. They were out of control. That's it. Josh Christopher is off to Memphis. Jalen Green. I don't, I don't, I've never seen nothing like that before. <laughs> That's all i got to say. That's, I've never seen nothing like that before. We're in an age where everything's put on video. He's probably not the first one to do some wild stuff like that. That's it. That's all y'all getting from me.
0: Okay, yeah. At some, at some point off the air, you can clarify what that is because I've heard the name Jalen Green and I have no idea why it's out there right now. NBA free agency is official tomorrow. They can officially start signing those deals tomorrow. Up next, I want to get Zay's thoughts on some NBA free agency including Harden and Lillard still hanging out there. Where do they end up? Plus, names like Kyrie and Draymond that aren't going anywhere. Zay's thoughts on all of it coming right up. If you want to jump in, Specs Tech Next line 337 3776
1: this is the horn chad and zay
0: I don't know what's worse, that I've now seen the Jalen Green video or that because I'm on some new form of Twitter, I haven't figured out how to set up. Now I can't get rid of it. Now it's like it's just on my screen. I have to go to a different window here. Oh, my God. Chad and Zay with you on a Wednesday. Zay is back from his honeymoon, recovering from the drinks that he did have in Cancun. All right, how are we starting off here, Zay? What do you got? Gary
1: U.S. Bonds, this little girl.
0: Okay. Well, you're going way back here. Yeah, 81. Yeah. Not too far. Not too far. Gary had a Smooth Frodo. Did he? Yeah. Gary U.S. Bonds. I remember the name. There we go. Gary U.S. Bonds getting us started. Hope everybody is having a great Wednesday, our first show of the week. Thanks to the bosses for a couple of days off. We hope you got a little time off. Maybe chilled out with some fireworks last night. Hope everybody is safe and sound in your world. And uh, we got a lot of uh, a lot of good texts rolling in on the Specs text line. 337-3776. Somebody texted, the only question for Sark at Big 12 Media Days would be, you had two running backs drafted by the NFL. Why didn't you run the damn ball? Sark is overrated, according to a text.
1: Just waited too late. Mm-hmm. Last two weeks of the season, he Figured it out. Kansas and Baylor, beautiful performances on the ground. If you look at a lot of those (laughs) B. John Robinson highlights that were shown in the NFL draft, a lot of those were Kansas highlights because B. John ate the Jayhawks alive up there in Lawrence. And yeah, I mean, with a running back room that isn't as talented as it was last year, will Sark be able to swallow his pride on throwing the ball and say, "Man, we still got guys here that could put on a show on the ground. Yet let's utilize these guys."
0: And maybe they also figured out some of the stuff they were, I don't know, tipping, the stuff they were tipping to the other teams. Yeah. That they think may be there with Bama and TCU. Ugh. Some of that as well. Could be a combo of things. I'm guessing those questions will be out there. And, yes, I'm sure Sark will get asked about Xavier Worthy and that hand injury that he let everybody know about. And Xavier Worthy uh, will be asked about it, I'm sure, too. But Xavier gets to play a different game than Sark does. Xavier gets to play, what do you want me to do? Say I don't want to play? Say I don't want the ball? I'm going to tough it out. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tough it out. I've played injured before. I've played hurt before, and that's what I did. It's Sark who's going to have to talk about those plays getting called. All right, so it is Wednesday. It is July 5th. Hope you're having a good day after the 4th. Zay, let's get into a little NBA talk here. It's official tomorrow that these deals can start to get signed, but we had a lot of interesting moving and shaking uh, while you were on uh, your week of honeymoon and and you getting relaxed a lot of these NBA guys Guys were trying to figure out where they're going to be next. Um, Where do you? I'll let I'll let you decide. Where do you want to start on an NBA free agency discussion here? Because there's a lot of big names that either moved or they're coming back to their teams. What stood out to you?
1: Uh, Probably what the Houston Rockets did. Of uh, Fran Van Vliet, three year deal, over $100 million, the undrafted uh, point guard out of Wichita State who won a ring with the Toronto Raptors back in 2019 with Kawhi Leonard. Fran Van Vliet was the second best player on that team. Yes, they have Kyle Lowry who has multiple all stars and stuff, and Pascal Siakam was good, but yo, know, Fran Van Vliet was a dog in that series. Mm-hmm. And even though now he's approaching his 30s, I thought signing him and Dylan Brooks was very interesting. I was gonna ask
0: what you thought of the Brooks move. Yeah, 80 mil.
1: Like, wow, that's hefty. But yo, when the guy's on and when he's good and he's not talking mess about LeBron James, <laughs> then he's a solid player. I think all of that stuff with the Grizzlies and the Lakers this past playoff series, that got, you know, just mushed into What Dylan Brooks really provides for a team and that's toughness and he could be a knockdown shooter when he's locked in. I don't think he was locked in in that Lakers series because he was too busy worried about LeBron James and that was a problem and they got rid of him and the Rockets picked him up. So when you draft Amir Thompson number four and you have Jalen Green and you still have Kevin Porter Jr. and you have Jabari Smith I think about especially with Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. and Thompson, I think about them not really, you know, you're not really seeing their full potential because you have somebody like Van Vliet and Brooks there. I mean, yes, Van Vliet is solid. Yes, Dylan Brooks can be good too, but that's a lot of guard-heavy, you know, type of players in the H. Mm. And – It just doesn't make as much sense to me if you went out and got somebody like a Pascal Siakam, which they're trying to trade for, you know, in Toronto. I don't know where he's going to end up, but they're trying to just straight up rebuild in Toronto and just start all over and see what could happen in the next few years by getting draft picks and getting, you know, different type of guys because they're clearing cap space with a new collective bargain agreement. So. I, I that's going to be interesting for, for me with Houston because are you expecting a man Thompson to come off the bench now? You would have to think so because, I mean, he's a rookie, 20 years old, but you drafted him fourth. Like, fourth, you, you know, a fourth, a fourth pick in the draft, that guy's supposed to be starting, just in my opinion. If that guy's not starting or coming in playing huge minutes— then I I don't know what we're doing here. So Van Fleet, you know he's going to start. I've already seen him and Jalen Green. Like, they're already together working out and stuff in L.A., trying to get better for the season. And, you know, we just talked about the Jalen Green video. They need some maturity there. There's something- well, That's what I was
0: going to ask you about Van Fleet. That's kind of the idea, right, bringing in a mature player that yeah. could be good for that locker room. Right,
1: but sometimes he could be a little over the top with, you know, how he acts as a leader hmm. because this past year with Toronto, he was barking at guys. He was throwing guys under the bus and press conferences and stuff like that. Like, I don't think Fred Van Vliet handled himself the best way his last year in Toronto. And he was going at him and Pascal Siakam. They were going at guys behind the scenes, just questioning their, you know, their love for the game. Hmm. And when you're somebody like Fred Van Vliet, you're undrafted. You got it from the mud. Like, You don't take anything for granted, nothing. Mm. So when you see guys over here that are getting picked in the lottery and stuff, and they're probably out here trying to hang out with Drake and go to parties and just living it up, and Van Fleet's over here at six foot saying, yo, man, I'm trying to be the leader of this team. Y'all aren't helping me. I could see why he was rubbed the wrong way. So the Rockets, they definitely need that type of leadership, but, man, they got a lot of guards there, and I wouldn't be surprised if they shipped off Kevin Porter Jr. in the next few weeks or so.
0: Hmm, interesting. A um, couple things I wanted to ask you about, because a couple of the moves I thought were interesting. Not, We'll talk about a couple of the massive stars in a second, but a couple guys that we saw make an impact in the playoffs and finals. What did you think about – you and I talked a lot about Bruce Brown as things were going along. Now he ends up in, is it Indiana? Yep. So talk Two about it, deal. both perspectives. What does that do in terms of Indiana, but also what kind of effect do you think that has on the champs?
1: Uh, that hurts them. That hurts them. Because he was huge all year long. I mean, nobody was watching the Denver Nuggets during the regular season. Everybody just kind of jumped on the bandwagon during the postseason, which makes sense. I mean, they playing just in a different time and stuff. And it's Denver. Now they got everybody's respect because they just won the championship 2023. But Bruce Brown during the regular season, he was huge. He didn't miss many games. And as a backup point guard, that's 6'5", that could do multiple things, that's super athletic, could guard the best player on the other team, could shoot that thing. Bruce Brown, yeah, Mike Malone, all that crap that you were talking at the parade saying, we're keeping Brucey. We're keeping Brucey. Damn right, he's coming back. We're some greedy bastards and stuff. It's going to be a little harder to be greedy because he was a solid player. And, you know, you of all people should know Chad 2011, that Mavs team, everybody thinks it's all sweet and stuff. You lose a couple of guys, you'll never get that back. Yep. that It just is what it is. It's already hard enough to repeat, but when Absolutely. you're losing a whole bunch of guys, it makes it even harder because you're already at which maybe they think Christian Brown is going to step up into that role. Right. He could easily do that. If Christian Brown improves his three-point shooting, which we've seen at Kansas with Bill Self, he was a solid shooter. I was kind of – you know, I wasn't very impressed with his shooting coming into the league this year, but aim he wasn't really asked to do that with Mike Malone's crew. He was asked to be a defensive stopper, hustle guy. You know, they had shooters. But now that Bruce Brown is out, he's going to really have to step up, which he's capable, but still, like, I, I know they're hurting from that. Mm-hmm. Bruce Brown was solid all year long. And shout out to the Indiana Pacers for picking them up. I like them getting Obi Toppin. Like, he's a solid pickup from uh, New York. I don't think he's shown his true abilities there. And they just signed Tyrese Halliburton to a five-year extension. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Indiana, they're still on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoffs. But they're headed towards the right direction and picking up somebody like Bruce Brown. That's a big deal.
0: So let's go to the other side of the finals then. Tell me about what you thought the, the moves the Lakers made, including getting Gabe Vincent. That one really stuck out to me. With what we saw Vincent do for Miami, now he's going to be hanging with LeBron and the guys. How do you think the Lakers did?
1: I think that's a big-time get. I love Gabe Vincent. I love him. And remember how bad D'Angelo Russell was in that Denver series. He was
0: trash. Yeah. He was absolutely trapped. Now they are bringing him back though, right? Right. right. Yeah. But you can
1: bring him back. We talked about that. You need to bring back somebody else if you want to bring him back. Right. And Gabe Vincent, we know he ain't scared. Like if he didn't have that ankle injury in the Boston series where he missed the game, I don't think they would have beat the Nuggets, but they would have been a lot more competitive than five games. Because Gabe Vincent, he was hitting shots off the dribble. You could give him the ball in pick and roll situations. He does a good job of getting guys on his hip and just getting into the pain and making things happen. Gabe Vincent is a really good player. Reminds me a lot of Fran Van Vliet because he's also an undrafted guy coming out of UC Santa Barbara, hmm. which we know Miami Heat, they love those undrafted guys. So I like, you know, they got Austin Reeves back, Jackson Hayes, Texas alum big-time get out of New Orleans because mm-hmm. he's super athletic. I mean, you just need bodies. to. Nobody can stop Nikola Jokic, but you need bodies out there to make life tough for him. And when LeBron and D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Davis, Reese, Gabe Vincent, when they got the ball in their hands and they're orchestrating the pick-and-roll, Jackson Hayes is a very good player rolling to the basket. He could catch lobs. He's super athletic. He's a solid defender. The thing with him is just staying healthy. They, uh, they got – They got Prince from Baylor. He's a part of that squad now. Cam Reddish, that might be their most underrated pick, getting Cam Reddish out of uh, Portland, which he's just never lived up to that lottery pick that everybody thought he was coming out of Duke. Cam Reddish coming out of high school, People talk about him being one of the greatest players they've ever seen coming out of high school. There's a clip that always goes around with Anthony Edwards, Minnesota Timberwolves, their number one pick who just got signed to a big-time extension, mm-hmm. $260 million, And he was the number one pick in the draft. There's a clip back in the day. They were talking to him and a whole bunch of guys that are now in the league. I think Tyrese Maxey was in this video. And they are asking those guys, who was the hardest player you've ever played against in high school? They are all talking about Cam Reddish. So the whole NBA is kind of like waiting for Cam Reddish to mm. finally just break out. And when he was at Duke, he was under Zion Williamson's shadow, R.J. Barrett's shadow. So he never got to develop there like he could have maybe at another school where he would have been the man. He was a number three option, and he's had a couple of injuries. Playing with a LeBron James and just getting that type of you know leadership, understanding how to take care of your body, understanding how to be a pro, say what you want about LeBron. Again, he might bitch like a baby mama that hasn't had her child support in three months. (laughs) Still, LeBron James is one of the greatest ever. He will teach you how to be a pro. And if he could get some of that in the Cam Reddish, then they might take off. And the Lakers, I think they got a lot better. But it all depends on... Cam Reddish, if he could develop into that person that a lot of people think he can at 6'9". Six, 6'9", nine. Six, nine, he has a picture-perfect jumper. It's just his motor ain't there yet. Hmm. And he's bounced around the league a lot. He's been four different places in four years or so. That's a lot for somebody that's only 23 years old. So they haven't given up on them. The NBA won't give up on them. I think the Lakers is a good situation for him, And... Shout out to L.A. They made some good moves.
0: That's interesting. I didn't realize they'd gotten reddish. I was trying to keep up with all of it, and I had not seen that one. Uh, we'll get more of Zay's thoughts as we uh, move along. Free agency in the NBA. We'll talk big names like Harden and Lillard, Kyrie, Draymond, staying where they are. We'll get Zay's thoughts on that as we move along. If you have thoughts on it, Specs text line 337-3776. Coming up at 105, more on the recruiting hall for Texas over the weekend, the commitment hall. Uh, Justin Wells of Inside Texas to talk about his thoughts. Who stands out to him the most? Is it the D-tackle from Duncanville, or is it somebody else over the weekend? Plus, we'll talk to him about that big tight end uh, commitment that the Longhorns got from Jordan Washington. Up next, though, in the crap bag, I'll talk about A&M's big recruiting gets and a position to watch moving forward in the House Divided. The numbers should not make you happy if you love your Longhorns or your Aggies. Stay put. This is the Horn.
1: Chad and say.
0: Oh, yes, indeed. This one takes me way, way back. Always something there to remind me. Naked Eyes, ladies and gentlemen, on a Wednesday. Naked Eyes and Gary U.S. Bonds. Start the show today. What kind of music did you get down in Cancun?
1: Oh, uh, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just kinda of jamming. They're jamming different things. Now did you guys go to places where there's like where people are dancing or were you just sort of hanging out nah. more like a bar music vibe?
1: Yeah, just bar music vibe at the resort. They would have different events at night and stuff. Your boy rock karaoke.
0: Yeah? Oh, man.
1: I got a little video up there. Check it out. Ate that underscore Zay. Just a little snippet. I couldn't give y'all the whole thing. Okay. I'll okay. be giving y'all Quentin Ewer's prices if y'all need to see the whole thing. But <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but your boy, yeah, he rocked that. Confessions. Usher.
0: Killed oh, it. Oh, nice. Killed it. Okay. Yeah, Killed we it. got we got to get into this Quinn Ewers thing here. We may be able to make it a part of the uh, the crap bag today, but we got to get that out for the people. Also, Justin Wells inside Texas coming up. We'll talk some Texas recruiting. Longhorns had a big recruiting weekend. The Aggies did as well. Don't worry, Longhorn fans. I'm presenting this here as something you want to keep an eye on. So let's tell you what the Aggies did, and then I'll tell you about some numbers I looked at in the crap bag. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag.
1: If you need an easy way to remember it, just – Think of a bag of crap.
0: Brought to you by AV Consultations, uh, 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. So I'm taking note of the recruiting classes that each are building, Texas and Texas A&M, and noticing that, you know, Texas ends up with a couple of pass catchers recently. Parker Livingstone, uh, the kid out of Lucas, Texas. Lucas Lovejoy. And then, of course, Jordan Washington, the tight end out of of Langham Creek, the Cypress area. And then I see the story about the last couple guys. That AM has gotten that are pass catchers. First, it was Draylon Miller out of Silsby, big time wide receiver, an ESPN 300 guy. Then, over the weekend, a really big name picks the Aggies over a lot of other big names. He is from Phoenix City, Alabama. His name is Cam Coleman. He's a five star. Auburn, Clemson, LSU, Bama, Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Miami, Michigan, Texas, Ohio State. Everybody wanted him. He is committed to AM. Obviously, that's just a verbal commitment at this point, but the Aggies get that, you know, that commitment. So here's a way to look at it. Whether you're a Longhorn fan, Aggie fan, or whoever you root for. Right now, I'm seeing AM as the eighth-ranked team uh, in a team rankings that I'm looking at. I believe it was the Rivals rankings that I was pulling this off of. So they're sitting at eight. The top five there are Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, Florida, uh, LSU at 9, USC at 11, Texas at 28 on that list. Interesting, Bama at 31 mm. on that list right now. So maybe things a little slower than Nick Saban would like them at this point. And as I just told you, AM was able to get that receiver, and it's one Alabama wanted, just like Texas just got a tight end, that Bama wanted, and for that matter, a and wanted as well. So all those battles are going to be key. But, Zay, I thought I would take a look at pass catchers, receivers, or I'll let it be a tight end as well, and I went and looked at the draft. Last 10 NFL drafts, how many total pass catchers do you think Texas has had drafted? Last 10 drafts total drafted anywhere. Receiver or tight end? Mm.
1: So what? So Devin Duvernay, Colin Johnson—that's two. Oh my gosh!
0: You just got two of them.
1: <laughs> this, this, this sucks.
0: I sh- it shouldn't be this hard. What really sucks is there's only one more. That's what sucks. If you're a Texas fan, it's three total. Swain's the other guy. Three is the number there. If you're an Aggie fan, your number is four. Ten years, four receivers/slash tight ends in a ten-year period. Let's go to the first round. Texas and Texas a and a combined ten drafts. How many in the first round? Donut. It's one guy. One guy. One. Mike Evans. That's it. Oh yeah. That's it. Now let's go to what you're chasing. Alabama and LSU combined have 11 first-round wide receivers or tight ends in the last 10 years, and they have a combined 26 receivers or tight ends in the last 10 years, 13 for each school. So if you love your Longhorns or you love your Aggies, that's a number to pay attention to these next few years. As Texas enters the SEC and they continue to battle each other, this is a pass-happy League right now. This is a pass happy college football. You don't get anywhere if you don't have the pass throwers and the pass catchers. And the Longhorns and Aggies are not sending enough big dogs to the NFL at that Bama LSU level. I didn't even look at Ohio State because I didn't want to cry. But that is something just to keep in mind. Uh, So this past weekend and those kind of names, they're big. So if you're an Aggie fan, you enjoy names like Cam Coleman. And if you're a Longhorn fan, you enjoy those names like Livingstone and Washington because you got to start winning some of those kind of battles with the Bamas and the LSUs of the world.
1: Yeah, you definitely got to start winning them. And interesting for Nick Saban having another guy plucked, right? in his backyard, mm-hmm. going to A&M, especially with the history that Jimbo and Nick have had in recent years and barking at each other and talking mess and stuff, just embarrassing stuff there. But you think about with the Horns, KJ Lacey coming out of Alabama as a quarterback, yep, going to Texas now. I mean, they are going right to Alabama and getting some of their best guys that, hey, Back in the day, which back in the days like five years ago, if you're from Alabama and you're a four or five star, you play with Nick Saban. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. No questions asked because you know you just named it, Chad. You're probably going to the league Like if you do everything that he right. says. Now, yeah. what doesn't help, which this gambling fool has some nerve saying, Jameer Gibbs, he was asked recently about what's the difference between NFL practices and college practices, and he said, oh, they don't beat you up in the NFL like they do in college. (sighs) (laughs) Nick Saban's probably like, what are you doing, bruh? We don't need that because, guys, you know, at the end of the day, winning's cool and all, but, man, I just want to spend three years here and get to the NFL as quick as possible. And, obviously, winning helps that. But if you gonna beat me up, which it's always been known that Alabama guys they'll come into the league just a little gimpy more than other guys, just cause Nick Saban he you know he needs he needs a lot of his guys. He demands a lot of his guys, which he should. He's the best college football coach of all time, so I get it. But it's a different era of these young athletes nowadays, and that. I don't think that's helping any type of recruiting, knowing that. If I go to Alabama, hey, we might be good, but there's a lot of teams that are starting to get good, too. And right up the street in Georgia, you don't hear about Kirby Smart beating up his guys much, and they just won two back-to-back national championships. Hmm. So seeing Nick Saban at 31, usually that would be a concerning thing for Alabama fans. But now when you hear stuff like Jameer Gibbs saying, not as much.
0: Yeah, that it is still that's still a wild number to me. Thirty-one in the recruiting rankings for Alabama. By the way, if you believe everything that's being said about NIL recently and which schools are really leaning into it, don't forget that on September ninth, the lead-in on I think it's ABC for Texas and Alabama is A and M at Miami. Just letting it, just reminding everybody, the Aggies go to South Beach. If you believe everything you're hearing about NIL. That's an interesting NIL matchup. It really is not just a football matchup. A and M at Miami at two thirty, and then uh, Texas and Bama will be the evening game. Miami, same day.
1: Miami's taking the NIL very
0: seriously. Yes, they have.
1: Even in baseball, they throwing crazy money around.
0: Yep, they're number 25 in those team rankings, in case anybody is wondering there as well. Lots of numbers to follow, and definitely keep your eyes peeled for those receivers and tight ends. Longhorns and Aggies getting some good news in the last few days on that. Alright, coming up, speaking of the Longhorns, we'll talk recruiting and some of those pass catchers, and the others, with Justin Wells of Inside Texas, Jordan Washington, Parker Livingstone, a couple of the other commits. Which ones really jump out to Justin. We will find out. Plus, coming up at 1.30 in our flex segment, two big flex commitments over the holiday weekend. We'll let you know about those. Plus, more NBA free agency talk. I want to get Zay's reaction to where this Harden and Lillard stuff sit right now. Plus, what's he going to tell me as a Mavs fan now that Kyrie is back in Big D? All that's coming up on The Horn.